Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 282 and a recurring guest at a level of about 0.5 Bradley's. Hello. Hello, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Welcome back. <laughs> Two episodes in the space of a few weeks. Yeah. Not bad at all. I- I've decided to gauge guests in comparison to the number of episodes Brad has done in the current season. I think Jeff is at about 0.5 of a Brad. Well, you should do it properly then, not just guessing. <laughs> As yeah, opposed Brad, to guessing. Brad's definitely surpassed me by quite a bit with his appearances on the show now. He's going through a lean patch, though, at the moment. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. I was, I was wandering around Port Arthur for about uh, two and a half hours today. I have a nice broad-brimmed hat that I mm. sometimes wear. I'm American. I have a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, baseball caps are generally associated with teenagers who drive cars with tinted windows and exhaust that you could fit a small Japanese Maserati up. Yeah, mine has a caterpillar bulldozer on the side. Right. <laughs> So it's a big cast. Yeah. I had to laugh. One of the guys I follow on Twitter, Gear Hansen from Gone Geek, he's just been to the UK and he tweeted, it might be hard to explain how I visited the UK and came back with a sunburn. <laughs> that's going to be ruining our reputation, that is. People yeah. think we actually have good weather. Like two weeks of heat and that's about it. <laughs> about that, yeah. We get more, but we get greater swings. Of course, I won't be able to say that soon. Unless, you know, the listeners want to donate roughly 10,000 euros. Put a crown for to stay in Finland. I've seen stupider ideas. I'm trying to tweet something from a role-playing website, and every time I go to type, all of a sudden it moves my cursor, right? <laughs> you got a touchpad, haven't you? I turned that off. Right then, folks. Tonight we're going to be watching Spoils of War, another episode that uh, Jeffrey requested. We're happy to oblige. Indeed. We're recording again. This is a little out of sync. Well, I'll say it's not overly complicated to arrange a time to uh, talk to somebody in America. At the moment, we're going to be doing quite a major episode that happens after an even bigger episode, which we haven't technically seen yet. Oh, right. So I expect some surprise noises from my direction. Well, at least I have watched the episode in the last year. <laughs> I watched it at least once. Well, you bought the box set. You could have at least watched the box set. It's somewhere but in there's, season there's four so many other things to watch. <laughs> You are, Jeff. I said somewhere in season four or season five of Atlantis is where I think I was in grad school and I ended up stopping watching the show because yeah. I was too busy. can't remember where exactly, though. Yeah, I should be too busy. But... <laughs> well, you should have thought of, thought about that five years ago when you stopped this. <laughs> no planning. Quite. Also, I've found season three of Longwire on Australian Netflix. My mom watches that one. She asked me if I watch it. I haven't started watching that. Yeah. It's got Katie Stackoff and yeah. Luke. So you got the BSG connection there, and it's got Lou Diamond Phillips, so you've got Stargate Universe. Okay. This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Come grab a table, pull up a chair at the Sci-Fi Diner, where the food is always hot, and your hosts are, well, out of this world. Sample some geeky trivia. You, our listeners, need to tell us what a Star Trek series did Tony Amador guest star in. Dine with celebrity guests. Hi, this is LeVar Burton from Roots, Star Trek The Next Generation. This is Laurie Holden from The Walking Dead. And rub shoulders with the locals. This is Floyd of Aurora, Colorado. Hi, this is Rick from Montana. And get it to go with the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Top 5 movies, one scene, cannot be unseen. All served up at SciFiDinerPodcast.com. Serving up science fiction from here to the end of the universe. Oh, okay. Language of choice, Jeffrey? Oh, Irish. And as per usual, we're watching the Region 2, PAL version of this episode, ripped from DBD. DBD? DBD? What's a DBD? Not sure what. Digital bloody disc. Digital boob device? Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> ripped from the Region 2 DVD. Dropbox over that. Uh, Jeff is watching the same version we have, because getting everybody in sync is, well, makes life so much easier. Yeah, that's quite... Very much so. That's at least one of the benefits is that there aren't different cuts for different regions. Yeah. Yeah, the podcast I listened to, FilmSack, for a while one of their guys was living in Canada, and he'd go to the video store to grab it because he couldn't get it on Canadian Netflix time. And he'd get very different cuts on the movies yeah. in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I listened to a podcast that we're discussing Aliens, the movie, and some of the hosts had watched the theatrical, and others had watched Extended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, I don't remember that. Oh, you watched the theatrical. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. If we're ready. Yep, I'm all queued up. Ready and queued. Ever three, ever though, ever hain. Clicky. Previously on Stargate Atlantis. Ah. Taylor sleeping. Ah, Taylor sweaty. My father told people that it was a gift. Oh, doesn't Elizabeth look different? Mm. She doesn't look like Amanda Tapping. Pardon? She doesn't look like Amanda Tapping. <laughs> I'd hope not. <laughs> Why would you? These flashbacks are at least a couple seasons at this point, aren't they? You know you're in for summer when they have to show so many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> to show in the world. Our old anti-replicator technology relied on disrupting the bonds between each individual nanite cell. We do the opposite. There's Fran, who we haven't actually seen yet. Attaching to one another. We turn each cell into an incredibly powerful nanite magnet. You see, it's always about magnets. Boom. Now this I want to watch. On the plasma from the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. He actually did it. The Apollo! <laughs> yeah, that was a minute of previously. <laughs> How about that? And now we're in the episode proper. The replicator ships have ceased firing. The human's plan worked. It reset us on the darts. This is basically from the Wraith perspective of the battle. What was the episode, name of the episode before this one? Be Almost Since Remembered, the big replicator war. Okay. Ah, the big glowy puddle of... The blob! They actually cut some of this scene and used it in the last episode. Oh dear. Are they making Replicator Gojira? Yeah. <laughs> One giant Replicator. No, it's Replicator Fondue. <laughs> the mass is approaching critical density. An explosion is imminent. Commander, we must jump into hyperspace. Not until I get what I came for. Uh, Todd, you'll love it. Yeah. See, that's unusual. The darts are on approach, so they call their ships darts as well. Well, everyone speaks English, and everyone speaks the same dialect of English in space. Come on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Boom. You may have noticed there's been no regular Stargate characters in this first... few minutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's all Todd, all the time. That's probably how important Chris Heindel's character becomes. rematerialized cargo from the darts. There is an outtake that shows this Wraith actually tripping over one of the coils on the floor when he presents the ZPM to Todd. Now we have what we need to complete our mission. That doesn't hey. look powered. That's not glowing three. or anything. It looks dead. Three yeah, ZPMs? I don't know. Look like there are only two, but mm. it's only the city that uses three, or at least so far we've seen anyway. Okay then. Spoils of War, Season 4, Episode 12, Stargate Atlantis, Gatecast Episode 282. This episode was written by Alan Culler and directed by Will Waring. This episode premiered in the US January the 11th, 2008. We got it in the UK January the 15th, Sweden March the 14th, Germany March the 5th, 2009, Australia December the 3rd and Japan December the 23rd. There were a few shows with episodes of the same name. Over there... NCIS LA, Spartacus, Swamp Hunters, The Border, and Sea Patrol. Mm. And I got through that rather quick. Yeah. Never mind. I'll pad it out later. <laughs> or I'll put bigger gaps between my words. <laughs> right, we're back. Long range sensors. Nicely labeled. Ronnie, what do you got? Well, it's only been a week since the battle, but uh, a pretty clear pattern is emerging. You can see it on the long range scanners. The Wraith have split up into distinct groups. Yeah, basically, <laughs> they all joined forces to take on the replicators. Now it's free for all. Yep. Yeah. Almost human. Yes, well, with any luck, they'll find themselves in the middle of a nice long civil war. But uh, what I find particularly interesting is this. Beep, beep, beep. What is it? It's a red dog. Yes. <laughs> it's a red dog. Yes. What is the tracking device he used? It's the same signal. Why would he reactivate it? Well, I have no idea. Todd does nothing by accident. We know that. Yeah. He's frighteningly intelligent. Todd is the big bad. The distinct groups. But this one's out there by itself. And from what we can tell, it's just floating in the middle of empty space, nowhere near a habitable planet, and uh, almost an hour's sublight from the nearest gate. So what does he want? Well, it's debatable if he's bad. He's yeah. very independent. You know he, everything he does is going to benefit him one way or another. He's a rake. But what he does isn't necessarily going to be against Atlantis. Yeah. Compared to Michael, he's a bunny rabbit. Right. Hey. 
Ronan. You think she just used the gym? Yeah, but with this, they can cover up pregnancy easily. I just didn't expect to find you here. Why not? Shouldn't you be taking it easy? I'm pregnant, Ronan, not Elle. The episode was running short. This was a scene that wrote to uh, fill in the gap. In fact, it's beneficial. Yeah, we're hitting it pretty hard. Well, I have to remain in top physical condition if I'm to keep up with you and the rest of the team. Oh, I have that wooden sword. I got it from Tier 1. <laughs> you bought a stick, then? Well, with yeah. a little plastic hilt on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way where you can pick up a tailor? No. Walk softly and carry your big Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> it's been almost 24 hours. The ship could be disabled. You think it's a distress call? Hmm. No, it's still beeping. <laughs> Surely Raleigh's got something better to do than watch the monitor. Activity in the area. How far did you say the nearest gate was? Well, it's about an hour by jumper. Oh. All those semi-regular extras who are doing nothing. Get them watching it. Yep. We don't seriously feel like we owe him anything, do we? No, no, of course not. But doesn't mean it's not worth checking out. Road trip. Shotgun. Yeah, why don't we just blow them up? <laughs> Look, if they went around blowing up all the Wraith, where would they be? Safe. Yeah, uh, safe. Easier life in the Pegasus Galaxy. Why did Ronan have refrigerated pockets for all the chocolates? <laughs> Ronan? Rodney. He probably does carry a few <laughs> ice packs or something. I mean, it's often been said that Stargate is very male-orientated, isn't it? You know, the, apart from Whispers, you don't see many female military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, with it being military-oriented, there are a lot more men in the military than women. I'm not even... <laughs> <laughs> Almost look like bat loves on the, the Wraith guns on the racks mm. back there. They do a bit, don't they? And I like that. Actual mm. properly designed clip yeah. for the P90. Yeah. It's almost like some of the military guys actually got jobs with manufacturers to go, hey, this would have been cool and made my life a whole lot easier. Yeah. Well, there's nothing better than actually getting input from people who actually use the technology every day. Right. In latter Dresden Files books, Jim Butcher mentions Karen carrying a P90. Kincaid gave it to her yeah. for a present, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. After their trip to Hawaii. Yeah, but that one fell in the lake. She got another one. Well, it's useful. It is a very good, small, close combat weapon. Mm-hmm. With a bit more uh, stopping power than a pistol, I would think. A very intense discussion there between Taylor and John. Well, I say discussion, basically John laying down the law when it comes to people under his command. I imagine that in Thelosian culture... Taylor would be performing her duties and defending her people right until uh, she gives birth. Oh, look, it's Space Potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looks could be deceiving. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I've been in several episodes. I'm not going to die. Just because Rachel's not here doesn't mean I'm a second stringer in the right church. Do you think by now that asking for life signs would they'd you know specify I'm, I'm looking for dormant, you know, wraith life signs or something? Yeah. Are there any people on minimal life support as food or anything like that? Because, I mean, the wraith, when they're sleeping, are at a level lower than what the sensors normally pick up, if I remember right. Yeah, you'd have to go on the energy usage of the ship, how it's being distributed. Warren, you got anything? Nothing so far. Ooh, pretty. Lauren's on airpiece, which might mean that something horrible is going to happen to him. <laughs> I was the, uh, the definition of the word pretty with which I'm. <laughs> the commentary for this episode Alan McCullough and William Waring. Will Waring, in a very sarcastic voice, this was his favourite set film on. <laughs> very, very hot. Yeah, it looks glistening and stuff. And the fog machine. The fog only lasts about 30 seconds before it starts to dissipate, so they've got to be quick. Yeah, I worked at uh, Six Flags Great America a few summers, and we'd have smog machines for some of the dance numbers at the stages. By the end of the day, you'd feel like you were breathing in uh, chalk dust almost with those things running, you know, all day for all the shows. Just in holography. You know, floating in space looks more like an asteroid they hollowed out and stuck some mm. metal bits on or something. It always did look a bit lumpy. Yeah. But I suppose that's the point. Organically grown spaceship. We're not going to find him. We're tracking the device. We are. Someone cut it out of Oh dear. So the implant that was put into Todd is no longer in Todd. Let's just hope he's alive. No sign of the rest of the crew. Whoever attacked the ship must have taken a prisoner. Including our friend. Stop calling him that. It's weird. Then what do we call him? I don't know. Let's go with Todd. There we go. Todd finally gets his real name, even though we've been using it for the last few episodes. 
You got a better one? As a matter of fact, I do. You know what? Forget I asked. Colonel, what do we do now? Well, that all depends. Uh, is this thing going to fly? I made the comment that Stargate Atlantis is where we steal any ship left parked. Yeah. Never leave your keys in your ship. Yeah. That settles it. Got ourselves a new ship. Oh, yes. How long is this one going to last then? Yeah. How often is it that these guys are the only ones walking down the hall in the scene? Yeah. Maybe Radix's agent got more uh, scenes. <laughs> And maybe Radic's more interested in the QK behind him there. Well, what's the hard part? Oh, this must be it. <laughs> After all he said, now he's got to Please help us. <laughs> Patch with the flag of the Ethosians. The Ethosians don't have a flag. To be honest, there aren't that many more of them left. Mm. We only have flags because you girls were sailing all around the world claiming bit of land for yourself. <laughs> hey, we were. <laughs> We just had St. Brendan arriving on the American East Coast and showing you guys how to brew pudding. Look, it's my call whether or not you go on a mission. Take it or leave it. Oh, she's giving it some thought. Going to make John sweat it out. When do we go? Well done, John. Gold star for your command decisions. Hey, found these in the jumper. Oh, thank you. I'm starving. Oh, that looked appetizing, don't it? Yeah. Apricot Jubilee? Oh, you don't want it. Apricot Jubilee, uh, that sounds scary to me. So, how are we doing in here anyway? Nah, it's coming along. We've got the uh, hyperdrive operation. Well, it's not going to help much if I can't get the neural interface to work. Oh. Oh. What did you do? Nothing. Nothing? Uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> the bane of Rodney's existence people going around punching stuff. Oh, a map. Looks like a map. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Of course, it's a map. Captain Obvious. Do you really want to talk yeah, to Ronan? I mean, seriously, I think. It, <laughs> the back of his head. Yeah, it's like you have the life expectancy of a grease stain. I wanted to tell you sooner. But I found out shortly after Dr. Keller and I returned from New Arthur's. It was a difficult time. It's okay, I get it. Seriously, Taylor, nobody actually noticed. <laughs> you were bulging in places. This child may be the last of my people. We don't know that yet. Oh, so don't you count? That's one thing I was always puzzled by. I always thought there were more Athosians. It wasn't just that settlement. It was, you know, planet-wide. That was kind of my impression as well, but, I mean, otherwise, the, there aren't enough people to really support the race. Yeah. Maybe we're, we're thinking too small. The Athosians were the name of the people in her, her local nation-state. Could be, yeah. As far as we with the weapons array, but I think I've managed to... <laughs> Slow down, Rodney. Well, I, th- I thought they'd come in handy when we go off the race. What are you talking about? Oh, I, I figured out where the ship was headed before it was attacked. We figured it out. Yeah, right. All you did was activate a screen. I'm the one who searched through the ship's log and found the mention of the top-secret Wraith outpost. What Wraith outpost? Oh, yeah. I haven't I mentioned that yet? <laughs> my use of the phrase top-secret? In other words, he didn't know. Uh, she'll be playing too. Ooh. From what I can gather, it played a pivotal role in helping the Wraith win their war against the Ancients. Which is where we got to check it out. Yeah, that's... Okay, what we need now is Admiral Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trap. It was speculated that this secret base was that piece of vital information the Aurora was carrying back to Atlantis. Oh. When it lost its hyperdrive. Uh-huh. That's interesting. According to this, navigation, propulsion, and communications are online. Never been confirmed, but it, it makes some sense. Yeah. What we learn of it, if the Atlanteans could have taken out this facility, they would have had a better than average chance of winning the war. So, so Taylor now has, she can activate the oh, ancient ships mm-hmm. and the race ships now? No, she didn't have the ancient gene because her, her necklace never activated when she touched it. It only activated when John did. Oh. Okay. And she controlled Wraith Tech, obviously, because of her DNA manipulation by that Wraith scientist. Right. And at this moment, there are two souls okay. in the body, two minds. Oh, hers and her kid? Yeah, this is why it's easier for her now. Okay. They said that in the commentary? It's explained later in the episode. Hey, don't look at me. I didn't do anything. The coordinates to the outpost are in the computer. I can take us there. But we've seen Taylor fly this before, and it was a lot of pressure, a lot of strain on it. But now she's got an extra buffer to throw some stuff. It was not a piece of foam rubber. <laughs> now, if that outpost is as important as the log suggests, do you really think we can afford to wait? All right. Get us close. We'll keep us out of sensory range. We'll take a jumper from there. Ooh, that was quick. Did you see that wet link I posted? The fussy ships in... I didn't look yeah. at it, but I saw the link, yeah. Yeah, totally nonsense, really, because how can you judge how fast a particular vessel's hyperspace engines are? Because we know exactly how much warp 3 is. 
<laughs> Heart of Gold was the fastest, obviously. Mm. Well, yeah, makes sense. This thing goes back a long way. As far as I can tell, they haven't been in this place in thousands of years. Why now? We reached our coordinates. I'm dropping us out of hyperspace. Planet is just ahead. I've established an orbit around one of its moons, just out of sensor range. All right, let's get to the jumper. Whoa! It's all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's it. You stay here, Taylor. Let the boys do the hard work. Yes. Put your feet up. Take a cup of tea. And have dinner ready for us when we come back. That's exactly. Yeah. We'll extend the length of your ankle chain so you can reach the bathroom as well as the kitchen. Need somebody to stay behind, fly the ship in case we get into trouble. Of course. So I'm gonna have Lauren and his men stay here. Good luck. Okay, that is a logical reason for leaving Taylor behind. She is the only one that can fly the ship. Fortunate there's a moon to hide behind. Yeah, there's always a moon. <laughs> it's a moon that looks an awful lot like our moon, I noticed. <laughs> now. Oh. What? Well, there's a space gate. But now you're telling me this? Well, I didn't know. Look, the log wasn't exactly easy reading. When you detect that <laughs> from the high jet, yeah. I don't reckon much to race sense. I'm picking up an energy reading on the surface. You have any idea what it is? It's an energy reading. It's energy, Shepard, yeah. Hive ship in orbit. Oh, dear. Well, that wasn't unexpected, was it? They were following a hive ship. There's yeah. another potato. Maybe it's potato. Kind cool. It looks kind of spider-like. Yeah. We've seen that style of base before, but I think we've seen better map painting work and CGI work. Yeah. There's no question, budget always plays a part, because there's some probably pretty expensive prosthetic work going on in this episode. However, at least with this being constructed base, it doesn't suffer quite as badly as Star Trek did from the perfectly flat cave floor. <laughs> ah, yeah, as GWC used to say, a floor too flat to exist in nature. Right. Plus, I was running from a bee. Ah, running from a bee. There's always something with Rodney. <laughs> the look on Rodney's face. He knows something bad is just around the corner. Hang in there, Rodney. Be brave. It's a queen. Oh, dear. Nice work, Sherlock. But what's she doing? That's not good. Why don't we shoot her? <laughs> Why don't we kill her and not worry about doing it? Ronan already fired. Yeah, a lot of restraint there. Yeah, by Ronan's standards, that's possibly intellectual. And you won't be surprised to know that this is exactly the same set that they use for the Wraith ship. No smoke and slightly differently lit. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of the Wraith interiors are pretty interchangeable. Not quite as interchangeable as Stargate Command corridors, but close to it. Yeah. You saw all the uh, jungle in the outskirts. That were basically six feet of fake trees. <laughs> well, things sound. Credit to the guy. Really? Maurice Shepardeline. He's been on Stargate before. He played, I think one of the priors. He's basically in a big latex suit, described as a condom, covered in goo. Interesting. Here comes Daddy. This one is ready. Probably a rather traumatic way to uh, come into the world, but mm -hmm, at least you can walk. Bonus there. Yeah, you still wonder how can they see? Through mental links with everyone else? Yeah, it must be. He's not tall enough. No. Yeah, they said all he was wearing was a G string. <laughs> I'm thinking, aren't you rather short for a race? <laughs> well, you know, Saruman's got to bring him in, put the white hand on his chest or his forehead. Mm. Perhaps he's just a baby wraith. You know, they, they grow another foot in the next week or so when they take the first feeding or something. Yeah, he has to eat some of the queen belly. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds disgusting. It actually makes sense. And you gotta remember, they're descended from insects, right? I like the way they're whispering them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna help. Yeah. It's why here. And we always just assumed that this took place on their hive ships, but uh, what's so special about this place? I think I have an idea. Uh oh. Oh! These pair didn't see that as they were walking along. Well, it looked like street lamps there in the middle. Yeah. That's a map painting by Krista McLean, who normally does all the uh, computer playback. It's a really cool map painting they use for those pods. I liked it. So, he's not wearing a backpack, so I'm not seeing a whole pile of C4 here. I suppose you don't technically have to blow up all the pods. You just have to blow up the uh, machinery that controls them. Power gun you try to overload them. 
If I'm reading this right, all we saw from the surface was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this thing is miles in diameter. Are there any other chambers like this? Over a hundred. Oh dear. Uh, that's a lot of pods. Instant army. Boom. It's like muscle tissue there on the wall. There's no way a single queen could provide enough genetic material to fertilize all those pods. Maybe there's more than one. Queens don't work together. At least not as far as we know. Oh, I know. This place was built to create some kind of a race army, and we can't let that happen. You see how big it is. I doubt our C4 is going to make much of a dent. So we fire it from orbit. See, theoretically, that could work. Humans don't know a whole lot about the wraith yet. Mm-hmm. No. Only that queens always look strangely familiar. <laughs> well, it's an interesting question, isn't it? You know, we're seeing here that the wraith replicate through cloning technology, or at least artificially accelerated how they would normally reproduce. Is it a purely random chance that one of them generate queen, or do the queens actually have to reproduce themselves? Um, I don't know. I think before the ancients came to the Pegasus Galaxy, the Asgardian cloning technology too, wouldn't they? I don't know, the Asgard have been perfecting their cloning technology for the last 10,000 years, long after the ancients vanished. Does that remind anyone of the ship Cylon? Without the goo? Yeah. This Wraith is Scott Heidel. He's been in six episodes of Atlantis, always playing a Wraith. Since he uses the same prosthetic, we can assume it's the same character, even though he don't get a name. Todd too? Old Todd? What has happened? You've done well. The second batch of warriors is flawless. We now have a suitable genetic template with which to proceed to the next phase. Where is the commander of the Fallen Hive? He's in a holding cell. He completed the recalibration that was required. Is this Todd here, then? Todd's Christopher Hyder. Ah, all right. Bring him to me. His understanding of this technology is impressive. You may wish to keep him alive. You said the device was ready. Ooh, temper. We are simply making final adjustments before we bring main power online. Then he has outlived his usefulness. And I must feed. Unless you are volunteering yourself. Bring him. Oh, he's cowed very quickly, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, he's cowed or he's lunch. It's true. There we go. Now, this puzzled me here. They never mentioned it in the commentary, but Christopher Heidel is credited as the voice of Todd. Hmm. And Brendan Perry is credited as playing Todd. So it makes me wonder, was Christopher, when they wanted to film this, hmm. so he only provided the voice? And then I'm looking close up the face. It'll be the same prosthetic, but obviously a different person underneath. Hmm. Honestly, the Wraith makeup is enough prosthetics to really cover up the actual basic structure of the, the person underneath. Yeah, you just need somebody with similar bone structure. Yeah. I think Wayne Alexander played at least 14 different races on B5. <laughs> yeah, probably. And, of course, uh, let's not forget Jack. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, any word yet? No, they've not been in contact. This was the funny moment with Caven Smith. When uh, Alan wrote the episode, I'm going to give him a first name, and he came up with Wes Lorne. Wrote the first script, the second script. Then Caven pointed out that his character's name was Evan. And everybody went around, how do you know that? And they went through all the scripts, all the first, second drafts. And eventually it worked out that it was on a flight patch on one of his uniforms, Evan Lorne. <laughs> Couldn't figure out how, but that was it. Evan Lorne was canon, so yeah, that's what he was. Because they'd messed it up, someone would have spotted that. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least not with the first one. But you get through it. You're going to make a great mom. A reassuring conversation from Major Lorne. Who would have thought? I wish I could be so sure. You can be. We've seen season five. Here we go. <laughs> Dr. McKay is quite correct. It would be impossible for a queen to breed so many warriors all at once, except by artificial means. Come on, lads, catch up. The queen creates a handful of warriors, each of which is then reproduced thousands of times over. This was a cloning facility. That's why it was key to their victory over the ancients. We always knew they did it with greater numbers, we just never knew where they came from. Aren't there too many wraiths in the galaxy already? A couple weeks ago when you were finding the replicators, it might have made sense, but why now? Answer the man. Yes. Answer, I give you. We didn't use this facility during the replicator war because we didn't have the means to power it. The energy requirements are enormous. ZPMs. He's talking about ZPMs. I managed to acquire a few before the replicator planet was destroyed. 
quite a few. Uh, well, they fell into my lap. They fell off the back of a lorry. You know how it is. <laughs> so you just cannot trust people these days, can you, Todd? No. The one who disabled your ship. This is good news, right? It means all we have to do to shut this place down is get our hands on the ZPMs. And I know where they are. I'm sure you haven't come all this way just to rescue me, but it would be in your best interest. Which is unusual, isn't it? Why would a fellow Wraith betray him? Is it because they inter-queen? You know what I mean by that. I've yeah. always wondered, there's generally a queen for every hive ship, right? Yeah. So are they kind of like ants where they recognize servants of other queens? You know, you're not my hive kind of thing? It could be something simple as being a traditionalist. I'm only going to take my orders from a queen, not you. Hmm. You know, you're just like me. You know, we're not drones. We are full individual wraith, but uh, you haven't got any greater authority over me apart from the fact that you were given the ship. No. I think the bloke that was following Ronan all over the galaxy, he had his own ship. Well, they're growing the ships. I kind of like the shortening of Atlantean to Atlantean. Yeah. I don't think this is the first time a writer's done that, but I like it. I think on a lot of planets, the war was won by infantry, you know, or the uh, the settlements. Yeah. So once they took a planet and its Stargate, it didn't really matter about ships. They bought themselves enough time to actually grow them. Okay, lads, when we reach the fence, it's every man for himself. They've discovered my absence. All right, well, we're going to have to move quickly. Mm. Oh. See, finally, the Wraith can shoot. Well, yeah, it's yeah, not Wraith like on okay. purpose. Please turn that alarm off. <laughs> it is kind of grating on the ears. Goes through, don't you? He's got very green eyes. Well, old-style contacts, aren't they? I would love to see a modern Wraith done with CGI contacts, like they do in Defiance. It's got cheap enough now that it, it's preferable to actually making contact lenses. I'm sure Pat Talmor would appreciate it. I think every actor will, because they're not exactly delicate things. Mm. Well, that, and I mean, more than one actor who turned on work because they're allergic to the makeup. Yeah. I mean, the guy who plays Kurgan in Highlander, he does roles that he's not going to be around a lot for allergic to the makeup. Well, the guy that played Rev Bam in Andromeda, he ended up having to leave the show because his allergies with the uh, makeup got worse and worse and worse. Open it. Letting us out, huh? It's very kind of you. Bring them. Okay, lads. Going to see the governor. There will be no smart alec remarks or back chat. Got it? I brought eat. Oh, no. Beg, beg, fawn, fawn. <laughs> I hope it's good enough. The commander of the other hive escaped. But I brought you these. <laughs> of course, the Wraith Queen, Andy Frizzle. Same actress every time for the, all the queens, wasn't it? Oh, yes. If you've got a woman that's about six foot four, does yoga, has no problem with the uh, makeup or the prosthetics, go with her. Yeah. And it does work. It makes a bit of sense that the Wraith Queens do look similar. Hmm. Yeah, it, I never questioned it really, you know, watching the show originally. It didn't take me out of the show or the, the story or anything. Yeah. They always do the colouring differently. Hmm. The first one we saw was quite vivid blue, <laughs> bright orange air or something. Yeah. Funny math. <laughs> it's probably hard work, you know. What makeup do we do for this one then to make it look different? <laughs> Colonel Shepard has flown a dart before. He would have radioed us by now. But we can't risk sending out a signal of our own. Right then, we're gonna blow it out of the sky. Die, Wraith Dart. Die. Charging weapons. Get out fire. <laughs> Hello. Don't shoot me. <laughs> Hi, Todd. Have you seen our people? I have. I will tell you everything, but you must allow me on board. <laughs> so I'm going to fire. Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, to be honest, he could have said, they're with me in the uh, storage chamber. True. And then told him what had happened when they got on board. Funny how you managed to get away. I was lucky. If I had been captured, they would have killed me instantly. So how do we rescue them? See, little people. Yeah. <laughs> really, you're not taller than them. That's a nice little well-shot scene, though. Yeah. Coming out of the docks. All this smoke. Okay, let's, we only got one take to get because this is really pretty. <laughs> Can't see all the cables that they're actually stepping over on the floor. We're not going anywhere. There is no way to help your friends right now. You must face this. Wait. 
There is a chance. I have an idea. How were you able to find this place? I don't believe that I have ever encountered such resistance from a human before. I've had a lot of practice. Well, there is a simpler way. Uh, John's a little plaything. Mm. Oh, she likes you, John. She likes you. Would you like to worship her? You're spunky, John. <laughs> Ronan, even he looks small against the drones. Big Ronan, you know, he's a big, strong guy. My entire life, I've never been chosen first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rodney. Take it like a man. Okay, huh? you delayed. That was your mistake. What? Well, Taylor had an idea. What is it? And we know Taylor can link. Take them back to the cell. <laughs> I'll eat them later. I do not understand. Get out! Oh. <sighs> wow. The force is strong in this one. <laughs> what did she say? She's not talking to us. She's taking control of the Queen's mind. Impossible. You know, the issue I have with this is this feels like a two-parter. The second part is what Mike said, right? No, but this feels like a lot of setup and a lot of exposition. Is it going to be resolved, like, surprisingly quickly? Mm, not really. Who is this who dares to enter my mind? And here we go. This is nice. The fade to green. Exactly the same set. Yeah. Bit of post-production to get this effect. They couldn't change the entire set to this green. Really? Even now I am gaining control of your body. <laughs> so many possibilities. This also has a really strong stage aspect. Yeah, almost as if just a solo spotlight on the two actors. Yeah. But even you cannot sustain this level of concentration forever. I do not need forever. Now get up. Stand, woman. <laughs> Now, they were worried that this wouldn't look good, and but all I was thinking was, Fox brain. <laughs> brain. <laughs> Isn't that generally considered one of the worst TOS episodes? Generally, I think it's hilarious, and that's how, why I watch it. So it is hilarious. You are hiding something from me. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, we saw in Submersion that Taylor only had limited control of what she could do with the Wraith Queen. Here, she's got she's physically controlling her. <laughs> Of course. Now I feel it. You are not working alone. There's another life inside you, helping you. You know, I think the... Just notice the queen's wearing pretty much the same contacts, the stooges. Her eyes are dealing with contacts better than the stooge. Well, sometimes you see that the contact kind of moves independently. Right. Popped out a little bit on its own or something. Yeah. This is good. This is mm-hmm. very reptilian, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's like Robin Hood hit the uh, Disney animation. <laughs> One thought is all it will take to crush it out of existence. Okay, then. Even by Wraith standards, that's nasty. It was just weird. Weird? You see how close I just came to becoming Wraith food? I don't think weird quite cuts it. Like, maybe paralyzing or sickening or, or, or heart-stopping. What do you think happened to her? I'm not sure. I do. Surprise. I like that. <laughs> Rodney still hasn't figured it out. This is fantastic. Oh, Chris, she's back. Here are your weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me now. It wasn't long back I'd go, look, I've got boobs, but <laughs> that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> yes. You are weakening, I can feel it. Taylor? Yeah, whatever you're going to do, do it quick, lads. Shoot me now. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's she's a bit on the edge. You must go quickly. I don't know how much longer I can control her. Go, move. Uh, Could you get a control of the train? Because I kind of got to turn around. Just go. The directions. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, go over now and leave it. (laughs) There it is. The other life inside you. Taylor, let go. John, help me. 
this was another thing uh -oh. they said. How could John get rid of this wraith with the 9mm, from what we know? The only problem is we have no idea where they are, remember? They pulled up the schematics in the pod room. It didn't have any reference to ZBMs. You didn't look hard enough. Let's go. I'm just distracted a bit. Maybe, but then again, this queen's been powering this whole facility, you know, yeah. providing their DNA, and she hasn't fed in, so she is rather weak. Yeah. And ultimately, with what happens to this base, it doesn't really matter if the queen died right there and then, as long as she's not active for the next hour or so. Mm. What was that? Cool looking. I like that. Yeah, but I can't imagine you get too accurate with the controls. How accurate do you need to be since the people running it are partially telepathic? Yeah, and whoever designed it, if they didn't get it right, well, you know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> as far as an alien, oh, we're going to make this look alien, that really doesn't look good. And they have the hum in the background. There's the alarm again. The Enterprise running up through the warp scale. It does sound like Yeah, it can't push her anymore, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> they also pointed out that the, the Wraith seemed to like the uh, 70s disco look with the lighting on the floors and everything. <laughs> Makes you wonder in the spare time if they put the rollerblades on and go uh, rolling around. The... Uh -huh. That's what this world needs, an all-race production of Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that movie in years. I don't mind Xanadu. I, I think Ron would be more in favour of Zardos. <laughs> John Connery in a little leotard. Oh, that's not good. Not not leotard. What, I don't know what you call it, really. We generally call it a nappy. Yeah, that's about it. I played a board game at a game event a couple of weeks ago called Colts Express. One of yeah. the characters called Tuco. Clearly, the artist was looking at Zardoz and Sean Connery when he drew the character. We better make a decision fast. We got more of them coming. Oh, crap. You know, right now, Todd is sounding an awful lot like Jamie Cromwell. And once again, you'll see the six feet of greenery, which emulates the outside world. Looks pretty realistic. Guys, better not stick around too long. The hive ship will be here momentarily. We need to leave now. Not before our people get back. Weapons capabilities are limited at best. The hull is still severely damaged. We can't survive an attack. Colonel Shepard will be here shortly. You don't know that. I have seen them. They are alive, and we will wait for as long as is necessary. What's that? The other hive. They've entered weapons range. Weapons so loud they can be heard in the vacuum of space. Nice when the targeting computers actually work. It's always amazed me how ship to ship actually miss. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it's the equivalent of the broadside of a barn at 100 paces. Yeah. You must hurry, the other hive has found us. Can you hold them off? Not for long. Oh dear. Keep shooting, whoever's still alive at the end wins. Approaching Dart Bay. I think I need to draw a map and label a bay Dart Bay. Hyperspace <laughs> immediately. Negative, I have another idea. Are you crazy? You still have to destroy the cloning facility. How? In case you hadn't noticed we're under attack. I know. Taylor, I want you to set a new course. You've got a ship. Come on, think about it. And this is great. The other hive is firing in a totally different direction without actually rotating. Commander, what is it? We just received an urgent communication from the hive. The enemy. They're headed straight for us. <laughs> Rhyming speed! Yeah. Where's my escape pod? You haven't got one. Booger. <laughs> Here it goes. Uh, Roughly $40,000 worth of CGI explosion. Mm. And not long enough. The explosion should go on for much longer. Yes. I agree. That little bit wasn't really enough. It needed to be longer. Yeah. It's a nice sunset. You know, the power generation of that hive ship plus ZPMs, it should have leveled the continent. So what happened to the other eighth? You mean Todd? Don't ask. Took a dart. Either he escaped through the gate like we did, or he was captured by the other hive ship. Well, I can't imagine they could have given them a very warm welcome. No. Oh, come on. Todd's a survivor. Of course he escaped. Yes. But <laughs> they wouldn't say anything in the commentary. Spoilers. They were just filming season five. That door sounded awfully like a moped. 
I just like the Art Deco stained glass I got. I've just come from the infirmary. Everything is fine. At least, physically. What does that mean? My baby is now evil. Right. <laughs> I exposed my unborn child to the mind of a killer. Even before he's opened his eyes on the world. I am now. Luke, I am your grandfather. It's a boy. Has he actually told you his name yet? Oh, by the way, John, it's yours. <laughs> you didn't want Keller to tell you anything. She didn't. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know that night you got drunk. You were right to question my involvement in this mission. There was a time when I would have laid down my life for you, or Ronan, or Rodney, without hesitation. But... I have other considerations now. You see, John's read the manual on dealing with pregnant colleagues. You have no idea how close she came to extinguishing his life. How to be supportive without being condescending. If you had hesitated for even a moment... It's a good speech, mm. Taylor, and it makes perfect sense. First off, she doesn't want to be left out. She gets to go on a mission. She realises... She's got a child to protect, and under certain circumstances, she's a liability. Yep. More so than any other member. Well, anybody's a liability, ultimately, because I'm not going to leave you behind. He did hesitate for a moment. I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, my inner feminist hates this portrayal of a woman as weak. I don't think she is weak. No, I disagree, too. She defeated the Wraith Queen, but at this point, her child has got to come first. Yeah, it's not that she doesn't want to fight the Wraith, it's not that she's giving up on it, it's being an expected mother, she now has an extra factor in her decision-making. Yeah, and it opens up the fact that she isn't going to be going on the missions, and that means she's going to be vulnerable to a certain other Wraith, mm -hmm. who has designs on her unborn. The unborn. The unborn. And ultimately, you know, when your lead actress comes up and says, uh, guys, in the writer's room, I'm pregnant, all of a sudden half the scripts get ripped up. <laughs> yeah. So... Choice one, we ignore it. <laughs> Choice two, we write it in. It's not as bad as guys were cancelled. That's true. Choice three, we kill off the character. Uh, yeah, but that would be almost like saying, you're pregnant, you're fired. Yeah, worker protections are disgustingly limited in the States. That one I think is still, the, you can get some traction with. But this Actually, wasn't filmed in the States, this was filmed in Canada. True, but it was it was funded by an American company. Yeah, mm. probably have to follow both Canadian and U.S., labor practices. Yeah, in fact, the Canadian labor practices will probably be a lot tougher. Yeah. I don't think any legitimate production company wants that staying against them, that they fired a woman who were pregnant. Mm -hmm. Well, if it was run by a Republican. <laughs> Maybe my approach is tainted by the fact that, amongst other goodies on Australian Netflix, I found seven seasons of Mad Men. The attitudes from just 50 years ago is scary. Oh, yeah. In the 80s, for example, in the Irish Civil Service, if you got married, you had to leave. You were not allowed, as a woman, be married and walk for the Irish government. You were obliged, actually. You were basically sacked for being married because your job was to be at home raising the children. This was law up until the late 80s, about two or three years before it started in 91. Yeah. They took it to the European court and they got basically restored and the equivalent of time served. They got a pay bump and were, they got extra seniority for the years that they were out. Okay then, a little bit of trivia. William Wearing, the director, he directed 13 episodes of SG-1, 16 of Atlantis and 9 of Universe, as well as episodes of Continuum, Strange Empire and Painkiller Jane. Alan McCullough, who wrote the episode, he eventually wrote 9 episodes of SG-1, 8 of Atlantis and a single episode of Universe, as well as writing for Sanctuary, Lost Girl, Rain and Rookie Blue. And that was Foils of War. Like we said, it was an interesting episode. Yeah, it was fun. I'd say that pretty much every week. So they all are. I don't know if I've seen that one before. I think I have, but... Why did you pick it? Because it was far enough ahead that I could pick it for today. Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't say at random. Your busy schedule. Well, yeah. Did you not see, Mike, what I shared for you on Facebook? Oh, three-headed chop. Yeah, I looked at it and I thought, Michael liked this. I will. I've seen two-headed chop attack. <laughs> Must be the sequel. Mary Pax said she was torn the other night between watching three-headed shark or Sharknado 3. <laughs> Come try ya! Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Okay then, this week's upcoming Stargate-related birthdays begin on the 30th of August with Eric Schneider. 
He played Dr. McKenzie on five episodes of SG-1. He's also done a number of Outer Limits episodes, as well as Babylon 5, Legend of the Rangers, and some voice work. On the 1st of September, Royston Innes and Michael Adamthwaite share a birthday. Royston played the System Lord Moloch in the SG-1 episode Sacrifices, and Michael was the Jafar Herak on five episodes of SG-1. Brendan Gall has his birthday on the 2nd of September. He appeared on two episodes of Atlantis as Caleb Miller, the brother-in-law to Rodney. He has recently been in Remedy and Good God. On the 5th of September, it's the birthday of Peter Wingfield and William Devane. William played the President of the United States to perfection in four episodes of SG-1, and has also played the US President during day 6 and 7 of 24. Peter was a devilishly nasty Tanith on Stargate SG-1, and also Mythos on Highlander. He has recently moved from screen work into medicine, and is very active on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us, that can be done via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Google+, and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website, which includes the independent RSS feed, aka Mission Files. That feed can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. The reason we have two feeds is that the one on iTunes is limited to 25 of the most recent episodes of Gatecast, while the Mission File RSS feed has everything we've released. Right, let's wrap the show up. Okay then, that was Balls of War. Next week we are going to be looking at Quarantine. Mm. Point of recording, we haven't got a guest for that, although we are recording this well in advance, so by the time we do record that and it's released, we may have a guest, who knows, tune in and find out. On the next Stargate Atlantis, Atlantis puts itself into a quarantine lockdown. It's like the city's entire operating system is on the fritz. Now, trapped and with time running out. Is that the uh, self-destruct? Shepard must take a desperate gamble, or everyone will die. The city must think there's a disease, and now it's out of control. So blowing up Atlantis is its final countermeasure. On the next Stargate Atlantis. Jeff got to go back to his regular duties. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure as always. Awesome as always to be on the show. I enjoy this. Do you want to give your Twitter handle out, or are you bothered about that? Oh, no. Um, my Twitter handle is I am Woos. I-A-M-W-O-O-Z. My name is Jeff Woosley, and most people just call me Woos. So, I am Woos. There you go, then. <laughs> your handle is basically drunk. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've got anything to say, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Seriously, we would, because we haven't had any feedback for a long time. Aww. I'm sorry, guys. You're on the show. You're allowed not to send any feedback. That's actually a perk of being on the show. Okay, thanks for listening. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Jeff. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.